keep going. Welcome to the Keep Going Podcast. My name's Steve, and I'm one of your hosts. The conversations Michael and I have sometimes feel like therapy. There's the sense that we can work out whatever happens to be front and center in our personal and professional lives through talking it out every Thursday morning at his condo. That's pretty much what psychotherapy is designed to do, right? Holding ourselves accountable for the choices we make is a radical responsibility. From waking up and getting out the door on those stormy mornings to battling the inner and outer demons that feel like they want to devour us where we sit. I mentioned the book Tough by Greg Everett in this episode, and I do highly recommend it for anyone interested in the mental side of training. In his book, Everett talks about character, capacity, capability. And there's also a fourth C, which I forgot when I mentioned it in this discussion, which is commitment. Interestingly enough, commitment is action and practice. This sets us off on a deeper exploration of a concept I've been unpacking since the pandemic when many of us lost our purpose because races were canceled. What follows here is a conversation that gets pretty personal, especially for Michael. We wondered whether or not to release this episode because of its sensitive nature, its raw, bloody revelation of the struggle that we all have in our day-to-day lives. It touches on what is authenticity, what is our true, core, essential nature, and why does running sometimes feel like a slick sales job designed to sell us something. Michael and I are businessmen. We're entrepreneurs operating in late Western capitalism, attempting to provide both for our families and to change the running culture. I think this conversation reveals just how hard that work can sometimes be. And we know we're not alone. We know you also feel the paradox of wanting the next new thing that will make you badder, faster, sexier, cooler at your next race. And knowing with everything you hold dear, with every ounce of your God-forsaken soul, that running cannot be capitalized upon. That, at its essence, running is pure being. That is all. So if you resonate with this episode, let us know. Drop us a line, give this podcast a rating, or share how, you, how it makes you think and how it makes you feel. Because the only way we steal this culture is when we all show up and practice our bliss. Godspeed, my friends. Godspeed. Before we hit it, I, I did want to say, I mean, that was a sweet little sentiment, though, that uh, you were saying how you were going to get out the door today to to run. I mean, to, to swim, because you pushed Lena, your wife, out the door to go run, and it was uh, pouring rain in Austin, Texas. She morning. thought she was going for a run, and I reminded her that perhaps this is going to create a memory of what it was like to get up and go run in the rain. There's something special about that when you have those moments in, in your pocket going into a starting line or a new experience that these are the moments that I typically remember. I remember going to the track in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Uh, Coach Brendan Gilroy, uh, shout out to you, man. Uh, <laughs> if you ever listen to this, um, He's the guy who taught me how to do an active recovery in between intervals. Saw me just basically throwing up on the side of the track. But it was those moments that I remembered at my first marathon 
were those moments where I was like, it's 4 a.m., I'm not feeling good. I was living with my grandpa at the time, and it was raining or there was an ice storm or something was happening, and I was like, do not pass up this moment if your body is telling you that you're capable of it because these are the special ones that, like, really matter. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm you know, obviously I'm in agreement with you. I think, you know, one of the things that's really interesting about the way you framed it was that this is an experience you can remember um, on race day. Yeah. And I think this is going to do a nice job of leading into our topic because our topic today is practice versus pursuit because that's what I brought in um, front of mind for me today. Yeah, me too. Um, but that the idea here around the utility of getting out of a comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, warm bed, loved one, pushing off out of the sleep zone, out of the womb. Do you hear the the rain outside and a you little see, bit of lightning and that lightning, light. you see the lightning, you get that excuse. Yes. You're like, ooh, but it's not even safe to run today, yeah. is it? And it wasn't a drizzle. It was coming down. And, and, and it came down and then it would back off and came down and went back off. Yeah. And, you know, you the idea that that's going, getting out that door and getting out there is utilitarian, is wonderful. But I think that the utility that you're pointing at really is not the end, but the process, like we like oh, to talk about. 150%. So, yeah. that, and that prop, but you, but you framed it as the end. The pursuit be- being the end would be, we need this run today because of a physical fitness endeavor, and we're going to exercise because we need the physiology benefits that it will bestow unto the workout. Wrong. It's not about that. These days are more important for very emotional wisdoms that are accumulated. Yes, uh, I think that that is true. But I think there's an even deeper core thing. Okay. Um, and it's twofold, okay? In one, it's that, that core concept that we're most alive when we're doing tough things. And we're most alive when we're doing tough things when other people choose to roll over. Mm-hmm. And that creates um, a capacity in us. Mm a deeper well of uh, what did they say that I reached down into my soup box of my soup, my suitcase of courage. I think I heard that somewhere. I forget who said that. The guy from Leadville, you got to dig deep. Yeah. (laughs) And, and that, that those days provide you with that greater capacity, that greater capacity to hold power. Right. But I think that also there is this deep character that you're developing when you've made a commitment to a goal mm-hmm. that the inclement weather, the inclement conditions, the challenging situations, the difficulties, the, the, the sense you have this today after this recording that you could go back into the cave and get back into work because that's going to benefit you more for your long-term be- That's the greatest long-term benefit because you're building your business and working on your business. However, you know going into that cave that you're going to be back under fire, Mm -hmm. under fire from the conditions and the circumstances of being an entrepreneur, small business in 
this current market, especially with the timing and all the things you described to me today on when we start, sure, start talking yeah. about the struggles of the shoe business, right? And how this time frame and the reason why this time frame is, and all those things make it front of mind and work. However, the walking out the door, number one says, I'm going to choose me. I'm going to choose what I value, not what's expedient. That's a character development. That's a deep, what Michael's made of kind of thing, right? And then to also do it at the time when it could be that the benefit to your business is great, right? But it's not, but you're going to get back into that same place no matter it what. It never goes anywhere. But your swim yeah, will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but your swim will go a long way. Not only will you get that benefit of that fitness that we were talking about that yeah. many people focus on, but you've now created a, not more capacity and more character. Like these two things, these two things are unbelievably important. Um, I read a book that I think is everybody should read. I think I mentioned it on this podcast before. It's called Tough. The author's name is Everett. His last name is Everett. I can't remember his first name. And he has uh, four C's. Three of them are the most important. Character, capacity, and capability. These are things that we're training. And I think that those are so undervalued and that aspect of what we're training people think okay i'm going to be tough for the race i'm going to be tough for the pursuit i'm going to be tough for this performance but that toughness that with the place we really really benefit from it and the place that it really reaps the reward because sowing is hard sowing seeds requires you to till the earth to bend over to place it down to water it to take care of it to take care of it there's all these steps that have to happen before the harvest comes. And all of that process stuff is a part of a practice of being a farmer. What's the focus of being a farmer? My net yield at the end of that season of apples or hops or marijuana or whatever the person's growing, right? Or in our case with athletic performances, with being why we train so we can get the harvest. But I'm arguing being a farmer is actually having your hands in the dirt making the plans and doing the steps and making the sacrifices, waking up in the morning, all these other attributes that people forget because they just want to count the apple yield. They just want to see what the net time result was. The per the uh, pursuit. The pursuit, the end goal. But really the end goal is just there as a part of an ongoing process, never ending. And just that, that's what I say to people all the time. When they were in pursuit mode, and they pursue two marathons, three marathons a year, they're, they're, they're really not taking advantage of any one of those events. Because the moment that they complete it, they're immediately right back in the cycle. Because if you're gonna do three marathons in a year, that means that you need to never stop training. So you are already in process. So you're already in a practice. You're already in a practice. And maybe it would be good at the outset here to sort of delineate our thinking around what a practice is and what pursuit is. I think, I think that that would be smart for the context. It would be, it's also a lofty goal because it, it, it's often difficult to discern between the two. Uh, in, in our modern culture. Yeah. It be, is. Because, because of the conditioning of the way that we go about these things, like literally when you sign up for a race, you're putting it in the cart, you put it in the cart and you pay the money. It's a transaction. 
it leads to an end goal. There is a timeline, and that's what's up. And then there's a group of people who take that money and spend it in certain ways to ensure that you've got the conditions. They send you the emails. That are are completely ripe for you to do at any point in time. I always think this about Leadville. It's like, who needs fucking Leadville? You could go out and put some water bottles out in a course. Start in Leadville, run all the way up around Twin Lakes, up Hope Pass, back down, out to uh, the turnaround, and come back out and do it yourself. But we know that the group is so special. So special. So is the shirt. All right, but that's part of the... So is the shirt. That's part of the practice. (laughs) So the and, and, and the the that so the practice to me seems to be um I don't know if it's as if if it's as simplified is planning for the future and living in the moment. I don't know if that's the most simple way. Living in the moment equals the practice, planning for the future equals the pursuit. Um we can plan for the future, but we live in the moment. We want to be, you know, you know, we want to get dinner tonight, so we're going to plan for it. But what do we have to do to do that? Like, maybe if we want to eat a great homemade pizza, like, we should have planned to, you know, live in the moment. We actually have to let that dough rise and set. And, you know, maybe it was a seven, 72 hours in the fridge. Like, I don't know what you got to do. But, like, there's the practice of it to me is more about the mindset of getting in the zone of of really I don't want to say I'm such a fraud sometimes because <laughs> because I live so much for the pursuit that I'm constantly reminding to 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 enforce a practice and it's so fucking hard and I think that that is how everybody feels because I get blank stares when I talk about the practice um you get it because I think I think you get it because you you think not that anybody who doesn't get it isn't a deep thinker, but I think you de- you are always trying to deconstruct the situation to reconstruct it, mm-hmm. and so you're 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 akin to doing that. And that and the practice is. I just want to make essential. sure that something for something like running, for example, that I'm not just getting so wrapped up in creating a narrative here and now that what I'm doing is the practice when it's in fact just attaching to the you know the pursuit well let me let me help you and see if this helps you yeah sure because from the way that i came up because ultimately at this point in time i don't know of anybody else that's talking about the practice i think this is a relatively the pursuit's easy let's just go ahead and clear that off the table the pursuit is our goal let me finish and then we can do that we can okay. take that next step after this okay because i think this might i'm not gonna say blow your mind but reframe the conversation okay um the idea of a practice came to me primarily because of the because of COVID, and it came to me under duress. My business was suffering because there were no races. The pursuit was off for the world. The whole world, the pursuit was off, and then I watched these people make up pursuits because <laughs> mm-hmm. the human need for pursuit. So I just started. You know, they started coming up with events and then they would do virtual events. And then we, yeah. you know, we, we made them up because we do. We, we want a goal and we're, we're goal oriented. So as I was unpacking these things as two different things, the pursuit and the practice, I, I, I meditated on it. All of the summer of 2020, I spent time. I wrote, 
ream after ream after ream of paper dissecting and working on this concept. And um, I was actually had a, a philosophical counselor at the time, someone I, I, I had hired to help me think through big things. Mm -hmm. Hat tip to Andrew Taggart. He really helped me out with this. Um, he never gave me an answer. He just asked me to keep asking these questions, right? And to meditate on it and spend some time. In it. He, he's basically Zen practice. He does lots of Zen practice. Um, and what I came out of that whole summer, I came up with this idea that perhaps, or what I now hold to be true, that the pursuit is only part of the practice. It's just a subcategory within the practice. The practice is everything. We're just highlighting pursuit because our brains are wired for performance. But performance is part of the practice. It's just another unique mode of the practice. So when you race, it's just another step along a part of your practice. But we overemphasize, we, we, we disproportionalize the pursuit to the point that we then don't pay attention to the other aspects of a practice that are actually essential for better pursuit. Why are they essential for better pursuit? Because anything that's one thing needs varying other things to counterbalance and, and vary oh, and create shit. different yeah. plays against. So instead of the pursuit being outside It's not of as it, simple as the way that I put it then. It's not just a goal and it lives in isolation. The goal is actually nested within the practice. And people practice without pursuing. But even in that, they're likely, my guess is they're likely... Doing, it's, let's just say there's a guy or girl out there. Well, I love, I've, I've been using this term forever, doing the four-mile town lake shuffle. Yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, that's great. And I bet you how happy every you once in a while, they're just like start and stop. They just yeah. check themselves. Where am I at today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe they don't. Maybe they're out there in just pure practice. It's like, one of my favorite runs. But ultimately, they're doing the practice whether they pursue or not. The yeah. practice is happening whether they pursue or not. And if you're racing... The pursuit is just a is just a subcategory within the practice. And it's safe to say that the four mile shuffle, if you for if if you do that for long enough, it might become stale, and that practice might might lose a little bit of the the zest. If a, the pursuit, but think about all those people out there who have a meditation practice, and their meditation practice consists of twenty right. to thirty yeah. minutes a, a, yeah. three days a week. So I'm not saying it's good or bad. Right. What I'm saying is some people might need to amplify the pursuit. If maybe they found a goal-oriented race, maybe they want to go to run for the water and try a 10-mile out and see what they've got. And it just kind of mixes everything up. But the point is the practice is still like the main vessel containing it's all the of the only information. Vessel. Yeah. The pursuit is just a part of it. And the pursuit, the reason why it's so disproportional and, disproportional, and the reason why we perceive it as being outside the bucket is because we do not have a well-understood idea of what a movement practice is and what are the key attributes and things we need in a practice to feel whole or to feel like it's integrated. We need to be in a body. We need to use our body. That's what the movement practice is all about, right? How do we skillfully use our body is a huge part of the practice. It's also important for your pursuit. <laughs> Of course it is, because it's within the practice. Skillful means. This is what we talk about when an athlete is trying to sense the pace and the effort that they're running or to nail mile after mile after mile. Skillful means. How is skillful means gained? Through the practice. And training, we always think of training as the practice. We don't miscommunicate. We, everyone is conscious 
I think most people are conscious that a workout is different from a race. But I would just say that the workout is as important as the race because it's part of the process of you learning how to be a runner. So then your weight training, your mental game, your ability to toggle between attention and awareness, your, your, your nutrition, your day-to-day -day nutrition, the amount of sunlight you get, the sleep that you get, all of these things, people are calling unique things, which they are unique, but they're still a part of this practice. One special mode of the practice is racing, the pursuit. Another special mode of this is getting in the weight room. For you as a triathlon, one of the you're you're essentially working three different sports, right? Three different domains or disciplines that you have to use in order to be effective on race day. But that's still sitting within the practice, and the race is sitting within the practice. The practice is the whole thing. It's a movement practice. But because there's this competitive element, we move it outside of it instead of inside of it. The the great model, two great models for this for people's mindset to help them frame it are yoga, the OG yoga, mm -hmm. right? Which was basically designed by- Not the yoga to just make your abs stronger. Or what I love to, you've heard me say this, not not the spiritual gangster version <laughs> of yoga, right? But the but the the, wor the word yoga means to, to work or the yoke, to yoke, right? Mm -hmm. to, to put yourself under pressure so that you're better in other situations. Another one is, 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 um, uh, thinking about martial arts, martial arts, um, especially something like a Tai Chi or Qigong, uh, though yoga, Qigong and Tai Chi are the really nice uses of this because they don't necessarily require, um, a pursuit, but there can be a pursuit element to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember doing yoga for the first like three years and I always thought that I was doing it wrong. <laughs> and I just realized really quickly that there is no real end goal like in, in the practice. It's just a practice and to get out there and just because I'm a stiff ass runner. And I would argue there's no other reason to run. <laughs> except to practice. Yeah. It just happens to be that some form of your practice is to get out there and try to hit. If you're trying to go under three hours, it's part of your practice. So you know that you need to be more skillful at running 650 to seven minute pace for extended windows of time. And then there's other modalities for doing that. And that's what training gets broken down into. And But you did mention before the conversation, we were literally yelling in the kitchen, is that the practice cascades not only to just folks who understand and are aware of that this is a, a running practice. But y you mentioned that it can go all the way up to the elite field into the, and the world record breakers. You tell me that Ilya Kipchoge is not, doesn't have a movement practice. Well, I, that's what I'm, that's he what does. I'm curious about. Curious about It's like, um, at what point in time does, does the culture seem to go a little bit off the rails and become more of a pursuit than a practice? Is it the BQ for the average, you know, I mean, is it, is it this idea? Is there some type of, um, you know, this year, a lot of people didn't get, get the cutoff, 
Is that part of the practice? Of or course. is that it, it, so is that that's what's interesting about the conversation is somewhere along the way running becomes the sport the culture is particularly pursuit oriented. It's highlighting and over spotlighting one aspect of the practice. Yeah. That then becomes so much the focus that in the shadows are these other aspects. And to the point where, you know, people call the 1% all the little things you do. Mm-hmm. Well, all the little things you do are a part of the whole process. They're a part of the whole thing. And they benefit the practice. They benefit the pursuit. They benefit all the other things. Can't the, I think that there's a real danger in separating them. Because then we underappreciate and undervalue all the other parts of it. And we don't highlight the real reason we're running. Because no one's making a living at this from running except for a very few people yeah very very few i mean other people are because they're influencers or they're coaches or it's a whole different game but those are different things yeah that's not why i run i'm a coach but i run because i need to get outside and run and i need to take my medicine that's as important in fact maybe it's it's no less important than me getting out and racing and i think this is what that spotlight does michael Mm -hmm. it over focuses our attention on the pursuit to the point that we miss all these other benefits that are coming from running as a movement practice. And that's why I keep framing it in the movement practice context because I want people to be able to see it as a um, deepening of their human capacities, human character, human capabilities, not just their capabilities and character and capacities out on the race course. So when we started this conversation, we talked about Lena getting out of bed and getting out of the mm-hmm. rain and getting out. And you're like, it'll be better for her on race day. But we also know it's better for her from all these other reasons too, because she tapped into the natural, the local natural environment that was showing up at that moment. And she went outside and she got in it. Like that is like a huge benefit. There is a lot of things going on in a complex nervous system that's benefiting from getting out in inclement weather. Yeah, and to be clear, I could give a rat's ass what happens on race day, to be to be honest with you. I, I really don't... I want her to have the race that she has, and I want her to be proud of it. But to be to be clear, it's it, it was the idea that there's a whole other end of the spectrum that doesn't... You don't have the opportunity to work it all the time during training you don't have the opportunity to simulate a thunderstorm rainy morning every once in a while so to see it as a clear aversion there's also it, it is not the only option you can learn to see it as a great opportunity that works the practice in a very meaningful way and i think that does have benefits a symptom of that as being a benefit on race day and i think well i know we're on the same page about this so it but but to be clear about that, and I'm, I guess I'm semi-protecting myself a little bit because I don't want to sound like a, it's all about race day because frankly. Oh, I know you y- weren't. You know, it's, I know you weren't. What I was just saying is that that's where we go. The, oh, yeah, utility, yeah, yeah. The yeah. utility is in the pursuit. No, the utility is in the practices that make us skillful, mm-hmm. that we also know will show up. And sometimes that pursuit is helpful to getting us out the door on days we might not have otherwise gotten out the door. Right. But as we stated, no one ever, 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 in my experience, I've never had this, and I don't think I've ever heard of anybody else. I'd love to hear if somebody has, where they regretted 
the time and energy they put into walking out the door and going for a run. Mm, I have <laughs> right off the bat. Here we go. Tell me when. It's when it it's there's there's times when I've known that I've gone too far and I go anyway and I put my life second and I don't put the running simulation second when I know I should. I should put myself first sometimes. Like there are moments, but I'm I'm unpack that a little bit because that that you said simulation and you used words that didn't. Yeah, so, so t- t- the, unpack it a little for us because if if anybody out there is anything like me, you're operating from a very show of hands who feels guilty when they miss a fucking run. Mm-hmm. Okay, how many times do we go out for a run? off of guilt alone as opposed to understanding the practice like we're just in the here and now like looking at fatigue or pain or something as it is as opposed to something that is a there's a different stimulus point Mm. out there that I do feel I don't feel guilty about necessarily the run itself I feel guilty about the intent of going on that run knowing that there was a different kind of uh, paradigm of the the quality of the practice itself, and even the going out of the run, even if you knew you w- maybe shouldn't, if you're saying that, um, it will cloud your your it will cloud you for the next time because unless you have a really negative experience like falling apart mm-hmm. or having a really physical, the, all the other extraneous benefits of going for the run will hit you where right. all the feels happen. And so I think you're actually making my point even more for me in a sense by saying no one ever feels or feels in their body the regret of having moved their body no. when they're running. But it, it may be better to not get out that day and that would be just fine to roll over or to to refrain because you need to listen to your body and break da- and, and take a break. But even when you know you shouldn't go out the door or you think you shouldn't go out the door, when you go out the door, it's not going to make you, the getting out the door and running isn't going to make you regret it. Maybe it's that in the longer, bigger picture plan of it, it wasn't. But that's what I say is so powerful about the running practice. The run itself always is worth it. It's an end in itself. Mm-hmm. It needs no other external, outward, extrinsic value to make it valuable because your body knows, your mind knows, your complex nervous system chills. Mm-hmm. Your body actually produces a innate natural high to, in essence, reward you for your hard work. It's amazing. That's why I'm saying the practice is first. It's the only thing. And anything else that's happening inside of it, all the things that are happening inside of it are essential and important and valuable. But don't twist and think that there's a pursuit and a practice and they're separate entities. They're not. In my opinion, they're one piece. What we need to do is as we work on focusing on a pursuit, we need to make sure that our practice is solid, that it's feeding us, fueling us, making us better in our lives, making us better in our work, making us better in our relationships, making us better just being around, just being alive. And if it's all those things, which I think almost every runner I know feels. In fact, there's only one runner that I think I've ever met 
This is a hat tip to James Greenham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I think I know James. James. I've run with him a few times. He's one of the few athletes I've ever known who said to me, running is meaningless to me. I'm just doing it because I want to compete. And this is, if it were checkers, if I need to move to chess or checkers, I'll move to chess or checkers. Now, I will say this. I don't know what James is doing right now. I'm not in his circle of orbit at this point, but I think he's still running. So I might actually say that the one person that I can think of in my 50 years of running experience, 30 years of coaching experience, that has said to me, it's only a means to an end. It has no intrinsic value. It, that person is still running, and I think probably for intrinsic reasons. But I, I, only James could speak for himself in that case. James, I know you listen occasionally, so this is to you. And if not, then our friend Ryan with Rose City in Portland is friends with James, so I know he'll point Isn't him to James this episode. A, he, I've run with him. Right? Yeah, he's okay, local. Okay, yeah, he's a local Irish. He's Irish native who yeah, works yeah, and lives yeah, yeah. here. He works at Google, and but he goes out to Portland pretty frequently. And I know he's part of the Rose City Track Club community too, as Excellent. well. Excellent. Yeah. So anyway, I, I I only mention that because I think of him often when I think of the pers- of the practice, because he's yeah. the only person that I know of who values. Now I would still argue for a guy like that, the pursuit is still housed within. It's still maybe in his a practice, practice though. Well, you could you could. You could, you could argue that running is not, the practice doesn't revolve around running. The practice revolves around um, some form of internal competition that if, if you can cascade or jump between checkers and running and I don't know, maybe go and play volleyball like a competitive it's fulfilling, league. It's, it's fulfilling some it's need. It's still a practice. Because it's fulfilling some yeah. need you have. But yeah, the exactly. thing about running itself is it's, this is why I call it a path with heart because it always gives back. It gives back in subtle ways. It's multi-layered. It's multifactorial. It's, it's something. This is why movement practice is so important. It's why movement practice is so important. It's an essential element of being human. In a, in a modern world, this is incredibly important because this taps us back into our primal old ways of being when we were scavengers and then hunter-gatherers and then hunters and then, you know, but we still need it. It's still part of deeply baked into our essential needs for being human. And we know that because people tell us, 99% of people tell us that running is a great benefit to their life. Not racing. People do not say that very often. This racing really has enhanced my life to an nth degree. They only, they, they say running has enhanced my life and the race is a part of that big running picture. So maybe I'm belaboring this point, but I'm trying to make it pretty clear to people because it can be subtle. Just like you've ever heard that story of one one fish said to another, one fish said to two fish that were sitting there, hey man, how's the water? And the two fish, he swims away and the other two fish are there like, what's water? That's what I think the movement practice is. Like running is a practice. It's like the water around us. And we need to be aware of the water around us. It's really important, especially if we want our pursuit to do well. We have to take care of all the pieces that are also the sort of balancers within that. Balance is incredibly important. 
That's my that's my pitch. That's my argument for why how how essential and important. And again, it came out of the pandemic because people couldn't race, and I was like, "You still need a coach." Now that was for my own self preservation, mm-hmm. but I was it it, it it was a little koan. It was a little rock in my shoe. I wanted to figure it out, and now I'm absolutely convinced. And so I'm trying to figure out a way to get people to understand that this is core, foundational, an element that's incredibly important to the overall experience for anyone. I would agree with that. My mind is kind of blown. I don't know why my mind's a little bit blown right now, but it's, I think, I think I've, I think I've been wrestling with so many different aspects of my real talk. Who cares that we're on, you know, uh, audio recording for anybody listening. Forgive me. Uh, (laughs) It's just when you live in the consumer world and everything is, is so, you know, pursuit driven and it, it just becomes so, eh. I don't know if it, it's, it's just like, it's secular, it's gross. It, like, it's just, it, it just gets a little bit, it's, just, it's muddy. It, it's not, it's not for, for whatever reason, yoga, even in all of its spinoffs and cultural, you know, how people view it and what, you know, people walking around in spandex versus people walking around and, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, running seems to have just been so, feels so commercialized, so despiritualized, so depracticized, whatever you want to call it. It just seems we've managed to just uproot so much but what where, where I have such a hard time with the whole thing is that but driving the culture is the Boston qualifier, the you know, the marathon goals, the sub four, the sub three, the Olympic time trial qualifier, like all of these these pursuit oriented milestones that literally anchor the culture just it there's something we can there's something somebody else can sell michael but no one can sell the practice this practice is not for sale well that's that's what i'm saying is like that where where it comes where it gets so difficult to understand and for me to internalize is how do you even talk about it how how do people how do people talk about it because i can tell you right now it's crickets. I talk about this stuff constantly. I got all my sayings. People think they're weird. They think they're stupid. You know, all that all that stuff. They're like, this dude's just kind of out there. It's just kind of, you know, I think, th- thank you so much for the core folks out there that, that love this stuff and, and resonate with it. Even the word resonate. You know, it's like all of, but most people, just think that it's it's just like in my opinion the world just <sighs> just one at a time michael just one it, person it, at a time just like any evangelical mode yeah you just you you only change the world one heart and mind at a time so yeah but but then i'm gonna need go ahead i mean then i'm gonna need to kind of find a new line of work do you? Yeah. Why? B- 
Because if you bring it, this is the thing. This is why Because we, you can't sell this shit. Well, you're... You, okay, you can't sell it. But maybe it never was supposed to be for sale in the first place. Right. So why even why even confuse people and think that something so superficial like the commerce aspect of doing buying a new pair of shoes, for example, has anything to do with the practice? All right. Do because you- that seems to be where it goes off the rails. It's like people be like you can't like I'm having a hard time bridging the the conversation between commerce or in the in the culture and the actual practice. So I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm putting it there out there. Are, well, because I think, uh, but I think we have a real chance here. Okay. I think we have a real chance here because the practice is so robust. The practice is what everybody's doing. I just said, I only knew of one yeah. person in 50 years of running and coaching and doing all these other things. One person has ever said it was only extrinsic. It was never intrinsic. It, we just need to keep turning them towards it. You know, this Plato's allegory of the cave. I've heard uh, you and John talk about it before. Basically, the I, the concept is this, is that we're all sitting in a cave, mm-hmm. looking at the wall, and behind us is the light, an open, the open cave, and we are seeing the light of our experience being played out on the cave wall. And so what that argument is, the allegory is that that play, the real world is outside, but we continue to play on this very, very small stage because the way the human attention works and social media is dialed into this, our, our culture is dialed into this, sales, funnels, all those things are all funneling. They're this allegory of the cave of looking at the wall. One guy goes out, gets out, goes out and sees the whole big world. And then he comes back in. And he's like, I'm going to go help those people that are in the cave just looking at them flickering images on the wall that aren't the real thing Mm -hmm. and they fucking kill him they destroy him so this is this is this is a sad story yeah it's very sad story but it doesn't change the fact that the world's still out there it doesn't change the fact that it is a movement practice Mm. and i don't think we really need necessarily to come back and risk our life. But some of us do. Some of us feel that. You and I, we feel this. But remember, like Jesus said, a prophet is never valued in his hometown. We are out here in a space bringing people's attention to something that's a glaring error in their experience and that their lives would be significantly better. Not because there's some kind of a pie in the sky heaven for them or not because there's going to be some kind of reward from it but because it is a reward from itself it is intrinsically already and i believe that almost every runner already understands that but because there's no one there's not enough prophets there's not enough people out there saying this is important so even those people who hear this if they share with one or two other people that they believe running is a practice and that they value the practice as much as they value everything else maybe it comes out there now if people are getting a benefit of one aspect, over over accentuated aspect of the practice, pursuit, right? They're still in the practice, Michael. They're still doing it. They just haven't become aware of it yet. My argument for why this is so important is because if they do become aware of it and they do dig deep into the other aspects of skillful means within the practice, it will raise their performance level and they'll have a better pursuit. And that then... Maybe they'll view that as an external, but by that moment, if they've actually really invested in the practice, in the intrinsic aspects of the practice, they will already be doing it for the case, for the sake itself. And then the time will just be an outward ramification or illustration of that. Yeah. It's a lot of the ways that Stoics talk about Stoicism. 
that you're doing stoicism for yourself, not just so you look hard. So you're, you know, you're doing it because it's a better way to live. And then if there's more people that it brings attention to that way of living, so be it. But that's not the main point. Now you got all these people out there that are doing the stoic game, doing that the seems stoic to be, pursuit, right? Uh, uh, I picked it on purpose because yeah. it's definitely du jour right now, it's, right? Yeah, for whatever reason, you can't go into a sauna these days and not hear some <laughs> asshole talking about the Marcus new Aurelius. fucking book he read about and why he's so, you know. Why he's reading the Daily Stoic, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, all right, yeah. Like, yeah. There, and uh, believe me, I'm a huge fan of Stoicism. I think Stoicism is incredible. Read Epictetus. Read Marcus Aurelius. Read those things. But the idea that the Stoics were bringing forward was not an image, was not a pursuit. Yeah. It was a, it was a core way of living, a core way of being. And this is what I'm trying to steal, Michael. I'm saying... It's so there. It's already there, right? It's already here and you're already tapping into it. It's already feeding your soul. It's feeding your brace performances. It's feeding your um, ability to be conscious. It's be, you're a better mother, a better father, a better husband, a better wife, a better human being because running is a movement practice that is a path with heart that really changes you. What if you leaned into it? What if you really went into it? It's a lot of the way you feel about any faith. You meet those Christians out there who seem to be just a Christian on Sunday morning. But many people are just runners on Sunday morning races. Mm -hmm. They think that's the only thing. You know, the real depth of a, of a faith is that you live it at the hard times, that you live it every moment of the day. And that's where it is of itself because there is no heaven. <laughs> there is no other land. There is no pure land beyond this land, in my opinion. It's just here and now. Race is just one small aspect, valuable for sure. Certainly a, a um, what do you call it? A, a, a tightening, a narrowing of the scope to really bring it in. Nothing like a marathon or an Ironman to really narrow in on one particular aspect. I mean, you guys, Lena and I were talking about this a couple a week ago or so. The experience of you going to Leadville and watching mm -hmm. um, your friend, helping helping your friend prepare for that. And the, the depth you understood of what was going on. Like, not only is this hard for this person, but every single person supporting this, these racers, the pacers, the people feeding them, the people taking care of it, this is a thing for everybody. Are you saying that's not something really beautiful? We mentioned this in our Boston episode. It's about lifting up the whole culture but we've got to get that whole culture. If we, it's it's a target place. It's a place where people. I agree. Focus. I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm just a little winded in trying to do it in commerce. And what I would say and, is, and I'm a little winded in trying to do it in in such a freaking culture that is over obsessed. But your shoes are already doing this, Michael. I, I know. I know. I, and 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 I get it all. And and you know and. You know, screw it. I'm coming across as negative for anybody listening. I can't press the unrecord button, but like you're not. You're coming through as I'm, real. What I'm saying is, it's I om it's to the point where it needs where my little voice and your voice is probably. Thank you for all the all the little voices out there, but we're small little voices. Yes, and it's getting really fucking tiring to keep trying to talk about it when the bigger voices won't shut the fuck up. Okay. And I'm tired of listening to all of the big voices so loud. And it, it's just like, I don't know. Like, part of me is I'm 
I'm at a moment of fatigue. Like I'm at a low, low, low moment. I've been living this stuff, you know, and I guess I'm just a little tired and that's why I, I want the, the, like, you know, topic today, you know, practice versus pursuit. It's so valuable. It's so valuable. I'm so freaking scared that the culture and the, and, and what's the, the way that it is it, it we're in we're in for a long road it's all i'm saying and and i think people need and i think i think that that's okay to say it out loud oh 100% it's, it's it, it 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 it's completely ass backwards right now and but let me and rem- that to me you got you got very angry about the doping <laughs> thing i get i'm equally as angry about this and i don't even know how to express it because i feel like an asshole every day mm-hmm. trying to take one for the team talking about the the practice when everybody is crushing the fucking game talking about the pursuit crushing the game making people like me look stupid out there because we're talking about something so like, oh, look at him, a little pie in the sky guy in Austin, just trying to talk about the practice. What an asshole. And I'm, I get sick of it, man. Like, I, like, that's my vent. That's my rant. That's where I stand on the issue is just like, it's hard sometimes. So, you know, like, come on with it. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I, Beautiful. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's how I feel about it. It needs how to you change. Feel, that's like, how you feel about it right now. But when you get a little distance and you get done with your swim yeah. and you're driving home and you're listening to mysterious ways. Yeah. You've taken your It's all right. You've taken your medicine. You've taken your medicine, right? Yeah. And you're you'll come back to say, This is why I do it. And you have to make a living. We all have to make a living. I know why you, I do it. I'm just questioning why I'm trying to do it for a living. That's a good question. I mean Because let me let me tell you why I think you're doing it for a living. Just just coming an external source, okay? Because people need gear to practice. We talked about this. Well, we haven't put this episode out yet, but it's called, Do We Even Need Shoes? And, yeah. the, and let me cut to the chase. Yes, because we live in a modern society with pavement and ground, and most of us can't run barefoot. And as far as products go, I'm, I'm, I'm not on the payroll. I just wear the shoes. They're the best shoes I've ever found for doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Simple, basic, essential, authentic, create more curiosity, create more openness. It's one of the few. I mean, that is such, that is such a high, like if you were to advertise that, do you know how much money you'd have to spend to advertise that? That's where I'm like, this is, this conversation becomes so convoluted. The second that you try and spread that idea. And so like my brother the other day, he stopped me and he was like, he, he was like, you're the underdog. We get it. Nobody knows it. Because you don't talk shit about anybody. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't talk shit about anybody. It's against me to say another brand. I could talk shit all day long, but I choose not to because that's not the energy I want to bring to the table. But the, if you bring positive energy to the table, you have seemingly a weak voice right now in public because negative energy, low energy shit goes really far. I agree. 
And so bringing a higher energy kind of like practice to the table is a very difficult situation. It's like, a long game. Michael. It's a long, long, long game. It's yeah. a long game. And, and I've been has, in this for yeah. a very long time. Yeah, sure. And it's a long game. And yeah, there's going to be lean periods yeah. and, and fertile periods. There's going to be challenging times. And, not, and, and, and let me just tell you, commerce is not a path with heart. No, it's not. It's a terrible situation. But we're all in it. But it's, we're all selling no, I, something. I, I take we're that selling back. our time is, and our energy. Yeah. We're doing, you, so you can't get away from it. In your life, you're going to go, let's just say you stopped selling shoes with the tray you and you went off and did something else. You are going to have to sell something or your body, right? Yeah. In order to put money in your bank account so that when you get old, you can take care of your wife and your kids if you have kids. Do you think pay it's possible your, I'm having a midlife crisis? I don't. I think it's a little earlier than early for that. I think you're in an entrepreneurial crisis I, as in a long-term solopreneur or, or long-term entrepreneur. Um, it's... It, it, you're working without a net. You're working without a net. And so because you're working without a net, it, it flares your nervous system really high because if you fall, you die. Yeah. And um, the guys and girls who are really, really good entrepreneurs, um, they, they, most of them, they do have a net. Most of them have venture capital money. Most of them have money they're getting. That, that's all venture capital is, a net. You get to fuck up on other people's money so that they can make money off of your idea. You're doing it a different way. I mean, it, it's. I, I'm not going to argue for the merits of 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 the capitalistic system, but I do think that it's the space we're in. So you can either sell somebody else's shit, yeah, or you can sell your own shit. At least you're selling good shit, but you're not going to change the culture. The only way you're going to change the culture, what we're trying to do is change the culture and the concept with trying to reemphasize the practice of it, which doesn't have a clear intrinsic value in. It does in commerce. It <laughs> it does though because I so this is this is I can't prove this, uh, but my experience is that if you keep I don't know if you keep doing it if you stay in the zone. Yeah, he's hurting. He's hurting, folks. <laughs> he's bobbing and weaving. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, it's hard. You know, it, and. I'm the guy, and I've said this before, I showed up to hockey practice when I was a kid in some really nice-ass shit, thinking that would make me go go better. I've always been struggling with the practice. That's why I talk about it. I talk about it because I struggle with it. I struggled with yoga. I even went to India to try and find yoga and realized that I couldn't find it there either. I, think I you're struggle. Going, yes. Like it, I know that I have a completely backwards practice and and I'm always talking about it and I weave it in the business and I weave it into my personal life because I suck at it. I just suck at it. I am a I, Lena doesn't like when I say this but I am deep down inside I'm just a little boy who's a little bit superficial and doesn't know how to live in the moment. Mm. And every day is a struggle know that there's an authentic self inside despite all of the voices that are in my head saying you need to be you need to do this you need to go far you need to be all the things you need to go get that race like you should be qualifying for the world championships and Ironman you should be running a 245 marathon you should do all these things because those are the voices that are the loudest period 
What's not loud is me going, I can anchor on my practice and everything's going to be okay. I know that deep down inside, I know analytically that that's the right thing. That's the, that's a perfect anchor. It's an imperfect and perfect anchor. It is and it isn't. It's the whole fucking kit and caboodle. But what I am not is that person that has that naturally. That's why, but uh, that's why this episode is important to me, but it's also very hard. I would argue that there's not a single person in Western society that doesn't have that struggle. Yeah. It just feels really uniquely yours, but it's not unique. I, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I think it goes back to original sin. Yeah. I think we're just not enough. Our society is based, based on capitalism comes out of the idea that we need saving just like we needed Jesus. So we need product. We need things, things yeah, to make sure. us better. Mm-hmm. That, that, the, that, the, there's some, that you can make a better apple, but the apple that was on the tree that just grew out of the, the natural growth of an apple that provides nutrition and sustenance and fuel is just enough. And, you know, it's not Christian, in my opinion. It's just been fabricated within that space. Which is why I think it is a, it is a, it's a miracle that, that we have running as a practice. It's not because it's, the natural state it's part i mean it's the yeah but the fact that at least at the very least it's developed to where it is now that's why it's i think it's i think it i think it's a gift that we have these goals and races and everything because those keep me motivated but i also think that like if i wouldn't have found it i mean i don't know there's something there's something a little bit as a running podcast, like we don't have a, a curling podcast. <laughs> I'm sure curling has its very, very special moments, but that's if you want if you want to kind of find a simulation, running just seems to be it's a very unique one. It's pretty OG. Yeah, it is. In fact, there's some who argue that we became human by running. So it was an essential, essential part of that. Daniel Lieberman wrote a book called um, "The Story of the Human Body." Um, he's 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 researched this. He's the deep. he's the um, he's a foot guy. He yeah, does yeah. the foot stuff, but he he researched also. He you know evolutionarily, he looked back and said hey, we were scavengers. We had to run early in the day, quickly to go get the f- things at the nocturnal. You notice all those big cats on the savannah hunt at night and then they would leave whatever was there and the little skinny human trot out in the heat because he could quickly got rid of all his hair has this unbelievable skin that 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 cools him off he's up upright bipedal come out of the trees and he would run quickly or long he would look up at the sky and see vultures circling he would move out there get food bring it back it's crazy we got good at it. I think I, I think it's OG. I mm-hmm. think it's the original thing. So I think in a lot of ways, this is why it resonates so much with people who do it. I think when people get into running, they, they, they stay with it. You yeah. know, the, the biggest thing keeping people out of running is dumb asses saying it hurts your knees. Yeah. Has any runner who actually runs actually had that? I mean, we occasionally have knee pain, but it hurts your knees for the first 
week you run and then it goes away <laughs> because, I love that. because we're made to do it yeah because we're built to do it we are born to run as they say you know as Carosa likes to say yeah it, it, it you know that's a that was a Carosa thing way before yeah. it was co-opted by McDougal. So uh, that's an OG. I mean, it's we are born to run in a big way. And I think that that's why I argue for the practice. It's like it's already our inheritance. It's part of who we are and what we're all about. And maybe, Michael, maybe part of the problem is that we are selling it. Well, that was one of the problems with the sport itself was the, the idea that pros started collecting we we had a conversation with john about mm-hmm. like when money was introduced into the sport but it was happening in the amateur world anyway because only the rich people could afford to do it so right and right. they were they were trading in gold I, metals I think, not in I money think that from there it. is it's one of the the taxes to pay to live in yes. the kind of society that we live in which has it's, its it has its good and it's got its evil it's where we find ourselves yeah so what i argue is come back to the practice honor the practice, transform your, first, A, recognize it's a practice and that the pursuit is within the practice. B, find the essential elements of your practice that are so important. Find the things that are keeping you from doing your practice in a skillful way. Hip pain, knee pain, not enough time. Uh, Is racing helping or hurting? Yeah. Does it create, I think it has this power. And as you said, it's not what sells. Maybe that's the be- that's the saving. It's saving grace, is it doesn't have to sell. I mean, you really it does by itself have this huge benefit, and it doesn't need anything else. You can do it barefoot. You can do it. You can do it with very simple, elegant shoes. You can do it with a five hundred dollars single wear pair of shoes. Really, what we're championing there is this human being running to 1154, not all the other things. It's the other things are just a wash on it, to circle back to our to my rant mm. last week. So this is just a wash. Let's not forget the beauty of seeing a human being do something really special and amazing and champion that. And yes, there's going to be people that sell it. There's going to be us who take advantage of it. There's going to be all kinds of commerce, all kinds of grubby little fingers poking all over it. And uh, we are not, we are not, Without sin, Michael, our grubby fingers are poking all over it too, okay? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it. we live in the world that we live in. I happen to be, I feel honored and grateful that I get to make my living doing this. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you should too. I do think you have to question whether or not you want to continue in the long haul for the, the, the cycle, the painful cycles. Um, and is it, continue to be the way you want to make your living. But I can guarantee you this, Michael, regardless of whether you make your living at it, you won't stop running. Just like 99% of the people out there, other than James Greenham, who still, by the way, is still running. <laughs> Shout out. I <laughs> love that. We're running. Like, yeah. it, this is what make, this is why I argue for the practice. Yes, maybe it doesn't sell, but it's still, we still have to, if we believe it to be true, we need to live it, which we do, and then we need to push it out there because it's good. That's all. And and I'm not going to stop. And I don't think you're going to stop. So it's, again, cliche, simple is not easy. And you're trying to uh, produce a product 
of simplicity in a uh, complicated and very complex space that wants complexity and complication. Actually, complexity is already there. It's the complication that's the problem. People just also, keep... commerce drives a lot of the culture, and that's where it's frustrating. Correct. And But that's human nature. That's baked into the model, brother. Right? It's baked. OG, original sin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Capitalism. We're here. This is where we find ourselves. This is what it is. Pay to play. Are you playing the game? Boy. And, it, and again, at the end of the day, it is play. Do you know what I mean? Like this practice is play at the root level because nobody, it's not essential. It's inessential. But we find it as essential, so therefore it's play. It's a way, just like, is it essential for the dolphin to ride the waves and dance on the waves? And we see it all the time. Is it essential for the for the otter to like do all the crazy things the otter does in the water? No, it just loves being in the water. This is just what one thing humans do. Lena. The junk king needs my credit card number. <laughs> They're picking up some trash at the storage <laughs> unit. Uh <laughs> I guess this signals the end of the episode. Folks. I need a cigarette. <laughs> you think it's a good time to start smoking? It could be. <laughs> could be. Although oh, that, oh, that circle doesn't really. Never mind. The release, oh, the release on that is. Lena, if you can, if you can just take this, please. Yeah. Think. So, so sorry, Steve. It's all good, brother. Just burning down. It's all good. The Junk King. Hey, offer a great service. They, they, they come and pick up like big amounts of of trash. Yeah. And they're so sweet. Mm-hmm. They have great customer service. Like Good people. Some something about me feels like maybe I should go, go. to the, go be. I'm, you know. <laughs> Everybody makes a living how they make a living. It's such a good service. That's why yeah. you started peddling hot dogs, dude. Yeah, I know. Like it doesn't like we we confuse making a living with purpose. Yeah. Making a living is not purpose. If you can find purpose in making That's, a living, it's super helpful. But not but making a living is also the pursuit. It's it, it it's a thing. Like that's that's where I, I don't know. I, yeah, my brain's about to explode. It's been a fun one. I hope I didn't has screw it? anybody's <laughs> mind up. No, it's this one has not been fun for me, and I'm so sorry about that. It's, I think it makes this podcast so good. Yeah, because we as I've as we've said over and over, Michael, it's just a conversation between two dudes. Yeah, and we're not trying to be anything else. We're not trying to sell you something. We're not trying to get you to be a certain way. We we think it's better to approach and think about it this way. Yeah, I am an evangelist, but I'm not going. But you can reject it. And those who listen, they are already part of the church, right? So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I'm deathly afraid of. Being putting negative energy out into the world, and but the reality is, is I often have it, and it's not there. Too too often, part of me, my contribution to the the culture back is trying to bring my authentic self every once in a while, if I can. And this is just a part of it. This is just one of the flavors. It's tough. It's not easy, you know. Running like it. This doing this podcast is not easy. You know, it's, it's not, it, it's, it's often fun. It's always fun, you know, in terms of, you know, but it, like, it's so much easier to just shut up and go to bed, you know, sometimes. And, and I get in these moments, like today I realized that our next shipment's going to be, it's late again. All the marathons are going to be 
hundreds of shoes not sold because of marathon you know the the shipment was late again because the water's low in the panama canal and then we're going to need to spend a disproportionate amount of money to what we'll ever need to buy to order new shoes for the spring and it's just like the it you know over and over and it's just like it wears on me sometimes like i'm you know that's that's it man like it it just it it's tough to kind of mix business and pleasure or practice and in pursuit like it's it's tough to mix it's tough to mix it and that i think that's where the conversation finds the most essence it's like it's it's tough to mix the fact that we have goals but you know what's the practice like where are we going to ground ourselves each day so i appreciate you really really extracting this detail out of my uh and 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 showing my full frontal to the world on this one maybe we (laughs) should title this one this podcast is our therapy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Often is. Golly. Thank you, Steve. Godspeed, y'all.